the theatrical gimmick, a technique as old as time. Since the golden era of cinema, Hollywood would try selling theatrical runs of films like special events. Some of these tactics we still use to this day, like 3D and IMAX, for example. Keeping the carny aspect of the theater-going experience alive in the 21st century. In the year 1985, John Landis proposed his own carny experiment for his next project. The idea was very simple. Take a mystery Agatha Christie-inspired whodunit and make separate endings, stitch those to different reels of the film, and release them throughout the world, with different endings going to different theaters, or several endings going to the same multiplex, but with different ending schedule times in between. That movie in question was the board game adaptation Clue, a film that, frankly, I don't think needed a gimmick to sell. But whether due to the confusing marketing, the multiple ending schedules, or the mild critical reception, the mysteries of Clue's failure seemed pretty straightforward. However, the real mystery behind Clue isn't its demise or its failure at the box office, but rather how a movie that failed 40-plus years ago, still holds a cult following to this day. Let's figure it out. Who tried to kill Clue's success? Was it John Landis with the typewriter in the writing room? I'm sorry for the cheesy joke. I had to throw one of those in. It's Clue, here on Bombed. Palazzotti, what's your favorite board game of all time? Is this a lead up to what we're doing? Because otherwise, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna say Secret Hitler. But if you're I- gonna say Secret <laughs> Hitler, <laughs> I just that's love fair. it. That's fair. <laughs> I don't know if that you know counts as an actual board game, but I think that's a lot of fun. I think Avalon's a lot of fun. I actually, what we're gonna talk about in a little bit. I I've only played that board game once when I was younger, and I screwed up because I was too young to know like what a <laughs> candlestick was. And that's like the only time my aunt ever got mad at me. Like we were playing on vacation, and you know it turns out, and she's like, "You said he, he wasn't killed with the candlestick," and I was just like, "Mom, mom, help!" She's yelling at me. I was I was that weird kid that found mild enjoyment out of Trivial Pursuit. Okay, that's... because I was just like I we know pop culture trivia, and then somebody asked me, "Hey, what's two plus five? And I freeze up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can name you can ask me what like the first four releases of the Beastie Boys were and who produced them, but don't ask me about multiplication. Basic, don't ask me basic math. <laughs> don't ask me basic arithmetic. Not in the slightest. But like I used to, yeah, no. When I was younger, I was huge into like I guess like fan family board games i guess and clue was always in the rotation yeah and i i love clue i used to love true pursuit i used to joke like i don't know if i have autism but like i'm terrible at math but i can like name every backup quarterback that was my trivial pursuit i could, <laughs> I could name the uh the the full all-star team from the chicago bears in 1986 but i can't name i can't i don't know don't ask me how to multiply 12 times four <laughs> i can't do it it's too hard <laughs> I was playing darts the other night at the bar, and yeah. like I started doing the math like quickly, and I, and the girl looks at me and she goes, 
whoa. And I'm like, no, it's not like, it's not like that. It's not like that. It's just, I, I swear. I know how to gamify math. I just don't know how to handle it. No, I mean, I'm telling you though, Clue is, uh, it's like secret Hitler for children, right? Like kind of. It's it's like I mean I mean it's like it's a who done it very yeah, much. Yeah. It's it, which is always the most fun. But it's also like I I wouldn't say it's like simplified secret Hitler. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah yeah I guess maybe <laughs> if you think about it a little bit more. I was thinking about how we played secret Hitler, and I was like that oh, doesn't man. feel oh, like I that sh- doesn't feel I like shot you didn't. Well, no, I, did I shoot you? I shot everybody else, and I left <laughs> you. I let you uh, watch. Uh, you fucking. Richard Spencer have an ass. Hey, 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 look, man, I just played the cards I'm dealt, and I gotta say, they come out with a secret Hitler movie. It'll be a ten-hour pod. Like there we're, we're... <laughs> I think they did make a secret Hitler TV show, and it's called The Iron Skies, or what's the what's it? Uh, in the well, there's Iron Skies, but then there's that show on Amazon you're talking about. Yeah, what's, with, what's um, the name of it? Al Pacino? Not that one. That uh, one's that one that I want to see. Oh, you need that, that one. That one was good. sounds fucking dope. That one was good. Uh, dude. What's it? The therapist from Happiness just being a secret Nazi and shooting his whole family dead in the first minute of the show. <laughs> That, that show's uh, intense. Whatever it was, it was great. I that's watched that's it. what's it? That's uh, that's not. It's not called the Nazi Hunter, but it's something. Hunters, hunter, hunters, hunter, yeah. hunter, something like that. Yeah, it's nah. awesome. There was another one that Amazon produced or like Apple produced. It was based on like an alternate history novel series, like in the Iron Tower or in the Iron Sky. I don't remember. Sorry, Jeff Bezos. And it's one of those. <laughs> it literally. was like it was one of those alternate timeline movies where like people in our timeline travel to an alternate timeline where okay. the Nazis won. And the oh, Nazis geez. took over America, wow. and it's I feel like I, I have it's heard bad, of that. but <laughs> it's, it's not well done. Or? Look, the only time alternate history where the Nazis win was ever good was the new Wolfenstein games, okay. and that's about it for me. <laughs> fair take. It's, it's, it's a fair hot take. It's yeah, fair. Yeah. Why were we talking about Nazis? Oh, secret Hitler, Hitler movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but on the topic of, I guess, board game movies, uh, Clue. We're yeah. talking about Clue today. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about Clue on the podcast. Sorry for the roundabout, if you, folks. <laughs> if, you didn't, if you didn't get it from our um, incredibly um, high-functioning conversation we had in the start of this, that we're going to be talking about the 1985 cult classic mystery comedy. It's hilarious. I got to say, like, I, I, it's maybe my favorite movie ever, probably my favorite movie ever, to the point where, like, I I hate movies. I know it's weird to do a movie uh, podcast. Listen, listen. <laughs> I love I love TV shows because like you can get invested over years and years. Something happens like you know somebody on Dexter gets killed. And you're like, oh my god, I've been watching this person for eight years now. But if somebody in a movie dies. It's like I didn't. I knew this person for ninety minutes. Not even like I don't have the there's the connection emotional there. connections. Hardly, hardly. No, there's a, there's some. It's it. But depending that's why, on the movie, you know, I always like I always like films because it's like bite sized. I, I I like television at least more recently television yeah, but yeah. i'm more of a i'm definitely more of like a oh sopranos is dope let's go yeah, let's yeah. watch sopranos for the ninth time let's go i'll watch the highlights over and over i mean again. i also just think about writing too you know somebody like who wanted to like write a movie or like a tv like i've gone to tv writing courses and stuff out in chicago like i just feel like a movie would be easier to write compared to a tv show but i also that's the thing with movies is like if it's only 90 minutes to three hours whatever the time length is that yeah. the movie is i feel like it ha- it can't have anything where i i feel in disbelief or, or a disconnect or anything that kind of pulls me away to it. It's got a, it's such a short time where like any screw up to me yeah. really, really takes me out of it. So I, I really think like, uh, like clue just hits every note, you know, like I really think, uh, it, to me it's perfect like i really just and i hate things that are before i'm alive too like i'm weird like that you know what i mean like it came out what six years before i was even born and i still i don't know i mean 
they're all different beasts. Like yeah. the script for this apparently was so difficult that some of the best screenwriters or at least playwriters couldn't even conceive of a concept for this. Like initially, this was um, John Landis. He was working on this concept. I forget what studio, but he was working on this concept and he pitched around ideas to different people. He asked Tom Shepard to do the writing for this uh, initially, and that fell through. So he went through at least like two or three screenwriters until eventually he got the director of this movie, Jonathan Lynn, to do the project. But yeah, like, I mean, something at least in this realm, which is very like high concept, is always a little bit very, very complicated at the very least when it comes to this, because there's a lot of like really subtle comedy here. It's a I really there's just so many like tags to everything. You know what I mean? Like so many different beats in the in the in the movie. Like, you know, like right when you think it's over, they'll throw in another joke and it's like it's a PG movie. You know what I mean? It shouldn't be it shouldn't be <laughs> as funny as it is, but it really just uh It's very clever. It's Yes, that's the exact word I would use is is how I felt about it. It's like you know how like people People say that like with Mel Brooks movies or like Mel Mel Brooks concepts, yeah. it's very much like throw comedy at the wall until something sticks, and then like they'll throw like five jokes out, and if two of them land, it's a success. This is like the high concept version of that because there's at least like three or four jokes in every scene, and some of them you might go what, and then other okay. jokes you might go oh this makes sense. Okay, this is pretty tight. It's very layered in that in that aspect. There's just yeah, I mean if anybody who's listening has not seen Clue, I mean drop what you're doing and watch it. <laughs> I, I can't I can't stress it it's just like it's a piece of art I feel like it really is just like the way it's done I, I uh man I would have loved to see it in theaters when it came out if I was you know a little if I was born you know a lot <laughs> we'll get we'll get to the theater release because yeah, this movie is very well known for its release gimmick or its release tactic we'll get mm-hmm. to that which is which is why it bombed, quote unquote. Right? Is that why it didn't uh, didn't do so hot? I believe. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll get into it, but it yeah. was a mixture of, I guess, like I wouldn't say the gimmick is at fault, but it was more so just I think critics didn't understand the movie at the time. It's ahead of its time, I think, man. I really think. You know what? You know what kills I mean, I me. I wouldn't go as far as to say it's ahead of its time. I just think it was. It's very much very misunderstood. If this movie came out today and was just like remastered a little bit, I'd be like, "Wow, this is this is good for 2021." You know what I mean? 19 what? 1985, 86, right? 1985. So they were shooting in like 84. Yeah. So insane. Like the the fact that. Uh, do they even have planes back? No, I'm kidding. Well, I mean, you also gotta, you also gotta <laughs> realize too is um uh John Landis, yeah. uh, you know Animal House. Yeah, he's yeah. already like a comic guy. Uh, American Werewolf in London, I think, was he already released that. Yeah. So this guy was very much known for like sprinkling high concept comedy into like dramas and different like fields. So not to the extent of like. I guess this movie's quality, but definitely in a certain regard, because this movie, I had the feeling that this this film felt very British. Yeah, yeah. It didn't feel like an American production. It felt like something that, like there there is American elements to it. There's a, like very like the slapsticky stuff you get with like Mr. Green's character. Yeah, you'll get to, yeah. or just like the the witty banter between people. But like some of it really, really. It felt like this is very much um, European humor 
at least like British humor where it seems like very sly and very clever and like yeah to- yeah I mean it's I don't really like British humor either which is funny like I really do, you know I could do it's like Jimmy Carr is so great I'm like I can do that I'm you know what I, mean? I don't know well no I meant in in the same way of like I'd say maybe like Monty Python esque okay yeah no I mean it's yeah. it's very I mean I hate to keep using clever you know over and over but it's just it's uh it's very well crafted I feel like the writing is yeah. uh, very subtle but still like in your face in that way that doesn't you know what i mean it's, oh yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah it's it's very it's very on point uh and it's shocking enough because like the dialogue is very complex but the premise itself is super simple yeah it's super simple it's a takeoff of you know every agatha christie story you've ever experienced yeah more yeah. or less you have you know guests coming to a spooky scary manor in the middle of the night to meet up with a very weird mysterious guy for some purpose and you find out it's because of blackmail because they're all high-powered people in washington and during a scuffle somebody gets killed and you got to find out who done it. But you add so many more layers when you have just like comedic moments here and there. It basically takes the Agatha Christie formula and then just throws in a little bit of like Black Adder or a little bit of like Monty Python in there. And it it makes it like burst into life, you know? Yeah, no, and I hear this film compared to another film a lot too. Um, when you did your research, you might have came across it. It's like murder, Death by Murder, I think it's called. Death by Murder, yeah, that I, sounds familiar. I, they, uh, no, see, I haven't. That's another thing that I want to watch because I heard they're very similar. And like, Clue really got me hooked to like, you know, just fun movies like that. And you know what kills me though? Every time I tell somebody Clue is like my favorite movie, they're always like, "Oh, the one with Adam Sandler." I'm like, "No, that's not." <laughs> <laughs> what what Clue movie with Adam Sandler? Adam Sandler. He just came out with a movie. I think it was called Murder Dinner or something like that with him and Jennifer oh, Aniston. Oh, come on now. You know what? It's a good film. It's not. It's no Clue. All right, let's let's relax. <laughs> you know, it's no Clue. That's yeah, you're, my... you're you're trading Tim Curry with Adam Sandler. Sandler. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a downgrade. It's no, it's a good. It's definitely a good. Uh, a good movie but again you know clues my like you know that's how i hey joe good set it was no clue you know like you know <laughs> it's good set bro there's no there's no clue who's my benchmark now you know <laughs> it's it's your high water mark yeah <laughs> i guess like a lot of it i mean the the general presence if you haven't played clue or for my two european uh fans cluedo yes <laughs> yes i which i i that makes no sense to me. Why would you add an O at the end of Clue? <laughs> I think that's a dumb name. But for those who haven't played Clue, the objective of the game is that you're one of, what, six personalities? Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, you're one of six personalities stuck in a manor and somebody ended up murdered. You're all like party guests to a guy named Mr. Body who ends up dead and you got to find out who did it and you go around the mansion finding out who did it until you know the big reveal where you pull out the envelope and you find out who did it through like guessing and whatnot classic game classic board game I think it's like one tier below like Monopoly and like legendary status but it's definitely Uh, like A uh, tier no 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 no. I don't mean like in quality because fuck Monopoly but but, uh, (laughs) if there's a Monopoly movie it'd be like four months long and everybody just walks out the theater madly <laughs> be, be the showa of board game movies it'd be like nine and a half hours yeah, right. we're like where when can i go home yeah. <laughs> i just want to go home Never had 
if I never hear you, hit you up, like, you want to play Monopoly? Delete that number. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Lock them on every yeah, app. Right. They see you in public. You just walk to the other side of the road. Just <laughs> sorry, avoid them. man. Should ask me to play Clue, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 a very simple. It's a very classic game, and they adapt it like simply enough. But it's it's definitely like its own beast. It feels like its own beast. I think it's closer to like a parody of like the Agatha Christie mysteries than it is like an actual Clue adaptation. Like there is there is like Clue. Yeah. That, you know, it's like it's it's an Agatha Christie story with the Clue license on top of it. Is the way I would put it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they could have made the movie probably just as good if they just you know named him you know mr smith and mike thompson <laughs> montgomery or cliff spears yeah yeah they didn't have to you know they didn't have to i think that just the clue is just an added layer i think Brianna Killjoy. yeah yeah exactly yeah they could have just they basically i felt like they had the license for it and then they were like okay let's make this super original which is fantastic i think this movie probably wouldn't have been as good if it wasn't for the cast oh man I'm I mean, <laughs> I I don't know. I I think it was just a hilarious movie all, all around. But I mean, Tim Curry just unreal. Tim, That's Tim Curry, his favorite role for me, honestly. Well, he has mentioned that this is probably one of his favorite films to work on. I he has cited it as yeah. one of his favorite movies. This, and, you know, it seemed. I, I, I'm and I'm not taking away from the actors, but it just seemed easy to act, which means it probably wasn't. They were just having a lot of fun oh, doing they were it. You know blast. what I mean? It just looks like they... You ever heard the saying, like, good improv is easy, bad improv is hard? Like, I feel like yeah. that goes with, with this. Like, they just... Good acting was it was easy in that sense. Like They, they knew just, how to bounce off each other and yeah. they had a nice camaraderie, which is great. Because you got some heavy hitters here, man. You got, yeah. you got heavy hitters. Uh, Tim Curry, who was actually the third choice. Really? For Wordsworth. He was the third choice option. No. Who were the first two? All right. So Jonathan uh, Jonathan Lynn, who's the director of this film, originally he wanted uh, Leonard Rossenter, who I didn't know existed. I don't know who this guy it's is. My he's my favorite a, actor. No. Uh, he's <laughs> favorite actor of all time. He's apparently like a British actor. Okay. I checked up his IMDb. He seemed like a very like surly type, um, but he was more like a TV actor. Okay. They originally wanted him, but he died a year before they went into pre-production. I was, gonna be, I was just about that. Did you do anything <laughs> recently? Like, what's this guy been up to? Uh, he died yeah, yeah, in 84? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he, he died in 84, and so they had to search for another option. Their second option, this this blew my mind, Rowan Atkinson? I, I can see that. I can really... <laughs> that's great casting. That is just... How old was he at the time? He had to be like 20 Oh, he was super... He had to be like... I think like was at Mr. least Bean early a, 30s. Was Mr. Bean even a thing then? Literally, no. They actually Prior? about like two years or a year away from Mr. Bean. Jeez, man. So he was basically a relative unknown. He His biggest role at the time was Mad at, uh, Black Adder. Okay. It was Black Adder, that okay. TV show, which is is also like a cult classic in like in like comedy circles. And it's, it's a pretty good show. And he's a fantastic comedy actor. Dude. Rat Race is like one of the funniest to me. I, I love Rat Race. Rat Race would probably be on this pod. It probably didn't do as well as I, I think it Rat did, right? Race? I'm sure. I, I got to double check Dude, on that. Have you seen Rat Race, I'm sure? Uh, I, oh yeah, like yeah, way, way, way back. back. All I all I remember is uh the John Lovitz stuff where him and his family end up at like a Nazi, Nazi convention, yeah, yeah, and he like burns his lip and he's, like, and he's yeah, yeah. doing the yeah. No, that, I haven't seen it in like a long what a time. Cast, dude, Whoopi Goldberg, <laughs> Smash Mouth. Oh, oh god, you don't want to bring up Smash, Smash Mouth, Mouth recently. Like, oh, yeah, no. Hey now, hey now, that guy, that guy's retired. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Rowan Atkinson was considered, but the producers thought that he was too unknown for an American act. So they were like, <laughs> we're not, we can't cast him because people would just be like, we don't know who he is. We don't think it would be great. Even though if he was unknown to Americans, they could have just like, this is going to be kind of scummy. They could have just lowballed him on like a lead <laughs> cast, right? They could have just been like, well, you're a un- relative unknown. How does like maybe, you know, I don't know. How does like a million sound? <laughs> You I pay us like, and we'll get you uh, well, exposure for the uh, people yeah, in the comedy. Yeah, I don't know about the exactly, comedy world. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we'll give you connections, you know, Rowan. Rowan, we'll get you some leads and some new American. There's going to be producers in the audience, Rowan. You know, <laughs> okay. And then, like, I think, like a year later was the Mr. Bean explosion. So yeah, it, yeah. you know, kind of a pie in face what, moment. What was? I mean, that's great, terrible casting. Then I mean, you, you fall on Tim Curry like what? Like, well, it wasn't even a fall. It was uh, Jonathan Lynn, the director, was close friends with Tim Curry for years. They knew each other since like high school. Really? Yeah, they were like really, really good friends. And so he kind of personally asked him, "Hey, do you want to be in this movie?" Was and he, he in anything prior? Tim Curry? Yeah. This is. I want to say this was at least like five years after Rocky Horror. Really? I figure. I figure Rocky Horror. Yeah. So what the odds though like what are there only two schools in england like how do you how do you go to high school <laughs> one one friends in one friends in rocky Hart, the other one's producing movies like i think it might have been uh might have been like a cali studio or something i, I don't Buckingham Fountain, bro. <laughs> that's weird, dude. Hey. Wait, that's crazy, man. That is, when was when did Home Alone? Was he in Home Alone two? Oh yeah, that was I think like the year after. Okay, I I believe that might have been the year after. But yeah, no, Rocky Horror was probably his his big climb. And then I think around this time he just got done with Legend, which is that like you've seen the image of like the demon with the massive horns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's Tim Curry and all that makeup. So he just got done working on that with. With uh, Ridley Scott, so he's probably like doing. He was doing pretty all right when he got this. The rest of this cast is fucking insane too. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a Christopher Lloyd in a very subtle role. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) As like lecherous pervert Professor Professor, Plum. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Perverted Plum. That's a perverted Plum. There we go. Now that had to have been after Back to the Future, I'm sure, right? Eighty four, I think, was Back to the Future, so this had to be after, yeah. Yeah, what a what a subtle role though. He really like he was very much in the background because th- this is this is a Tim this is a Tim Curry vehicle yeah, for sure. For sure. He yeah, is, yeah, he is he's the, the driving force. He that, is the uh, that MVP. Yeah. <laughs> he is the MVP here, but yeah, no, like he's doing. Oh, actually, same year. Back to the Future, same year. Really? Wow. Uh, 85. So this was like his breakout. I think the only other big thing at the time was probably One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, but he was doing like background stuff there. Yeah. And then he was doing like maybe some comedy here and there uh, on television. Oh, okay. also Taxi. Taxi, oh, too. Okay, so okay. yeah, he was probably doing that stuff. So, you know, he was still a working actor. So, you know, he's, he's doing all right. But again, like Christopher Lloyd legendary professor plum martin mull who's one of my personal favorites as a uh, colonel mustard uh he he does a pretty stellar job in this um you're you're having like a space moment like who who's martin mull no no i'm just thinking <laughs> of other people in the cast the girl who played the maid was pretty well i got well known. Oh, oh, yeah. oh colleen camp yeah well i yeah. got i got a fun story with that too. yeah yeah I yeah it's a fun so yvette yes yvette, yvette yeah, which yeah. is the most weird name. It's the perfect maiden name. You get you name your kid Yvette. You you're uh, pigeonholing them into cleaning houses. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pigeonholed them into that market. I got some names connected here. So Jennifer, Jason Lee, Demi Moore, and Madonna 
were all optioned for that role. Who is the first? Jennifer Jason. Jennifer Jason Lee. Who's that? She's sort of more of like a well-known actress uh, around this time. I don't know what her biggest role would be at this point, but I she did make a comeback in um, The Hateful Eight. Okay, okay. Yeah, Demi Moore. D- it's D- Demi Moore. Yeah. And uh, Madonna. It's Madonna. <laughs> like, and they, they went with camp on this they one? Went, well, because... She was married to somebody big at the She time, was right? really... No, no, no. She really wanted this role, so she showed up in a maid outfit to the audition. And the director was like, yeah, you know, I liked her comic stylings, but, you know... Yeah, she is really hot. So they casted her basically on her looks, which casual 80s sexism. But, hey, she got the role. She got the role. (laughs) She killed the role. She was awesome. She was so – hey, anybody can do an accent is is good in my book. You know, like – I mean, like, I mean, her character, it's kind of like all – unfortunately, like, a a lot of the jokes around her is just sort of based around, oh, she's a hot maid. Ha, ha, ha. (laughs) Christopher Lloyd won't stop looking at her tits. What the fuck? But um, she does a pretty good job here. One of the more interesting casting choices was uh, Leslie Ann Warren, who played uh, Miss Scarlet. Okay. Originally, that was supposed to be Carrie Fisher. Bro, looking back, (laughs) this is what? (laughs) What happened? Is Star Car- Wars getting Carrie, away? And Carrie, she's like, oh, I got a film. Oh, fucking. Oh, this is, this is, this, I, I read this up and I was like, this is some fuck shit story. So Carrie Fisher was initially cast as Miss Scarlet, but four days before they had to go into production, she had to go into rehab. Okay. Because, you know, drug problems. Because if you if you don't know the story the of 80s. Carrie Fisher. The 80s. Yeah, the, yeah. You know, Carrie Fisher has had a very sad, very sad life. If you only know her from like, uh, like, princess leia like read up on the story it's it's harrowing so around this time she very much was like i need to clean up my act yeah so she's like i'm gonna go to rehab and she put on the table to have a work furlough where she'd be like okay i'm gonna be in rehab you don't have to pay me you don't have to worry i'll go through for like a month and then i can come back or maybe like a few weeks to just detox and get ready so i can come back yeah and all of her side agreed on it. The the rehab themselves agreed on it. The production staff agreed on it. Uh, the people who didn't agree on it was the production insurance company who basically said, no, we're not paying for this. Fire her. And so they fired her and Leslie Ann Warren was put in her place. Some douche with a clipboard who can't act. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Made my favorite movie 5% less cool. You know, like this <laughs> Okay. It's Hollywood. It, it's it's really oh, shitty. Man, it's dude. insanely shitty that they were like, like we already have to pay for like the insurance of the cast and the insurance of the crew and the insurance of everybody, but we can't pay like for like a weekend stay at a halfway house. You can't just do that. Like, I, you know what I'm never gonna do now is look up like the original castings of like my favorite movies. I'm gonna be like, <laughs> what? Michael C. Hall was supposed to be in this. That's- <laughs> What? What crazy. Anthony Michael Hall was supposed to be Terminator? What? OJ Simpson was supposed to be the Terminator. Was he really? OJ Simpson? Yeah. yeah OJ Simpson. That's that's one of the more legendary almost happened was that OJ was supposed to be the Terminator, but then James Cameron said, "Oh, he doesn't seem threatening." <laughs> It's legendary. Legendary like yeah, That's great. Guess that guess is... who got that wrong? Um, no, there's plenty of other people on here. Yeah. Eileen Brennan, who played Miss Peacock. Oh, maybe um, the funniest. 
definitely, definitely the most eccentric. Yes. <laughs> played played the uh, the socialite dilettante like perfectly. Yeah. She. This was actually her first movie after she got out of rehab. Wow. <laughs> so two actresses going in and out of rehab. She got out from a uh, painkiller addiction due to a car accident she had in 1982. Okay. And so she was she came back and she was like the most intense stuff was when we get to the end sequence where Tim Curry's running around the mansion. That was probably the most intense stuff. Like she said, that was like really, like really stressful on her body to like get back into that uh, into that mold. But like she she worked through it. She did pretty well. Who else we got? Uh, Madeline Kahn, who played Mrs. White. Yeah. Oh, she was in something because I looked up the cast right after the movie because I was like, what are they doing? Dead, dead, dead. Like. <laughs> not all of them. Not all of them, but I'm just like, what? No, but then you, it makes sense when you do the math. But like, yeah, she, um, she actually, her and Eileen Brennan were on. They were close friends. They used to be close friends, like really close friends. Okay. And then they did uh, a movie I have to cover eventually, which I really don't. Um, At long last love which is this movie from the 70s, Notorious Bomb. Really? Killed the career of the director and, like, Burt Reynolds and a bunch of people. And after that movie, they basically were never, like, really close friends again. They just Mm -hmm. stopped being friends. And on the set, they basically tried to not have as much conversation with one another. They kind of kept everything very brief and very quiet. Eileen Brennan, at at a point, she actually mentioned that uh, Madeline Kahn was kind of a little bit like hesitant to talk about her stint in rehab and the car accidents and stuff and kind of just kept everything at hey hey how's, really? how's your day which oh, is very man. there's i'm just i'm just ruining this there's movie beef for you, on the Joe. set of my favorite <laughs> film so wait, it's it's miss peacock and miss white we're and miss white we're miss white we're and miss peacock. oh man you think they got casted like before the fallout or was this like, uh this was probably like during the director's I mean, trying to yeah. like oh well, no, no no i think it was just like you know these, again, were, these you know? were the no I just think that it was very much like the best people got cast for it. And I think it just, it was a, what a coincidence. <laughs> oh, by the way, you guess there's a shared trailer. And he's like, what? <laughs> Everybody else has their own trailer. You get your, no one gets their own trailer. You have to share one. You got to talk to each other. Work be friends. <laughs> be friends. Be friends. Be friends. Ends up killing her with a candlestick. <laughs> but Miss White, Miss White's probably... M- like definitely like MVP if it was like Tim Curry Miss White and then I'd put like Martin Mull's Colonel Mustard as like the top three for me I gotta go with the cop I think he's so funny the cop, <laughs> the cop that shows up to just like be like could I use the phone and then dies <laughs> it's just it just gets outlandish at a point yeah we we haven't really like talked talked about the movie we just did like a light synopsis basically all these characters from the board game Professor Plum who's a lecherous weirdo who's a who's a doctor who used to be a therapist who lost his license because he was having sex with the guitarist from the Go-Go's uh, who shows up as a, as this telegram girl <laughs> later on. Um. Even yeah, even people who have like half a line were like famous in this movie. It was it made no sense Every, in that sense. Everybody in this movie was famous. I don't know how. But yeah, yeah the Telegram Girl was the guitarist from the Go Go's. Um, uh, Martin Mall was Colonel Mustard, who was like a war profiteer that like stole radios from like uh, airplanes and sold it on the black market to make like his fortune. Yeah, everybody was blackmailed in this movie. That was the one thing that tied them. Yeah. yeah, they were all they were all Washington like people, and they were all being blackmailed by this guy, Mister Body, who's played by 
leaving. Who was the lead singer of Fear. Yeah. (laughs) I cannot have a podcast without someone bringing up Fear every time. (laughs) Fear has cursed me from like this podcast and my last podcast. It's cursed me for life. He's all right. He has like five minutes. He does what he does being like three too many, but you know. (laughs) What? You don't like him just being like, Where's the dinner? I, the, I'm starving. Hey, what's good, toots? <laughs> Smack on the... <laughs> like, what a goon. He's just a goon. That's all he is. He's supposed to be a goon. Apparently him, uh, Martin uh, Martin Mull, and uh, Michael McKean would play billiards uh, during the in-between takes. <laughs> so they were just, like, just hanging out, having a blast. I mean, what else are you going to do? There's no... <laughs> What else is there to do? Back, just waiting for back for in the to day, you, had to, you know, if you were a cop, you needed you had to drive to a strange house to use the phone. You know what I mean? You know, you gotta, those were the times. You got to play billiards in your free times, man. <laughs> That's why they're in every bar in America at this point. In between you know? takes, not canon in the movie, Joe. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Yeah, and speaking of Michael McKean, he's kind of the last actor we didn't really mention, Mr. Green. Yeah. Who's also pretty great. He's kind of like the nervous slapstick comedy of just like a guy who's hyperventilating the entire time, who uh, is being blackmailed for being a, a government agent who is a homosexual working for for J. Edgar Hoover. So that's always a fun one. And I don't want to spoil it, and I won't, but I just will say his final line in the movie I mean, is we my get, favorite. We'll, we'll, okay. Look, I'm going to spoil it. Okay, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. But Yeah, the, the movie's 35 years old. If you haven't seen it by now, <laughs> you did it, it was, to yourself. It was free on YouTube for like a month. You had time. Yeah. <laughs> you had time. But this, Yeah, this movie predates the internet. <laughs> this movie yeah. does predate you had, the You had to get a library card and rent this back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't watch it, that's on you. Yeah, so uh, Mr. Green, who's like an FBI agent, who's a closeted homosexual, closeted gay uh, man who's being blackmailed. Because if he is outed, you know, J. Edgar Hoover might put him on a blacklist or something and call him a communist. Uh, Miss Scarlet, who runs a, a, a prostitute house. Yeah, yeah. She was, uh, it was like a brothel, I think. Like a brothel, yeah. And um, who one of the clients had, like, was, yeah, yeah one girl, of the clients yeah. was Colonel Mustard. And uh, <laughs> Miss Peacock was the wife of a senator who blackmailed people for his Senate seat. And then Miss White, who just openly murdered her husband. which is the best running joke is just like how she just casually keeps making references to the fact that she just murders every one of her husbands mysteriously what was the one joke that like she said like kill why would they kill him in this or something like that that she that she says and then tim curry like adds to it man oh it was so good that's that's the thing with this movie is they like she'll just have a like a throwaway line and then they'll just be like (laughs) Or the or the one line where it's like men are good for being soft, strong, and disposable, (laughs) or something like that. (laughs) Apparently, um, yeah, Madeline Kahn, who played Mrs. White, there's that weird monologue at the end of one of the endings where they talk about, oh yeah, the ending of part three. The third ending, yeah, where we'll they're to, talking yeah. about the maid getting murdered, and (laughs) Miss White said, "Yeah, I I killed her. I just, I I just, I really, I." I really hated her. She just the the 
you know, like the fire on the side of my like head, like the fire, the fire in my eyes or whatever she said. And she's just like stammering her words, just like the you know, like the fire, right? The and everyone's like, "What are you talking?" (laughs) That was all improvised, by the way. Yeah, no, I I read that because like so. Funny enough, the first time I saw this movie, like fully, like as an adult, as a conscious adult, I saw this a while ago, and then you know my girlfriend was over, and I was just like, "Let's watch Clue." She's like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, "Yeah, let's fucking watch Clue." We watched Clue, and she fell asleep, and then she woke up, like, a couple hours later. Movie was over, and she was like, oh, I I wanted to watch it. I'm like, let's rewatch it, because I was like, (laughs) there's always inside things. I just read I'm like, I I don't think I've ever watched the same movie twice in a day. Like, unless you're, like, home from school sick, eating chicken noodle soup, watching Batman Begins, Batman Forever, whatever, (laughs) just uh, over and over. That's uh, it's the only time with this. No, I watched Clue twice in a day, and I was just like, this is... Lifestyles. Dude, I, I went to a mic afterwards, and I ran into Josh Wells. I don't know if he's done this podcast, but you should Oh, he hasn't. He's, he's, uh, you I got to get him to do great, CBGBs, great hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a great one. He's always asking for movie recommendations. I, I, you know, I told him Clue, and I'm like, I was so excited to see him the next day, and I was like, did you watch Clue? And he was like, I did. And I'm like, no fucking way. Like, nobody, <laughs> you watched it the, the, the day I told you to watch it? And he was like, it was all right, man. I'm like, Oh, rewatch it, dude. Don't don't all right, man. Me, your heart just said. Yeah, I was like, I don't have stock in the movie, bro. (laughs) You can't put stocks in movies. If you did, you'd probably put your whole fortune in the clue in clue stocks. That's a dumb that joke. That's and, a joke that I'm just gonna cut out. <laughs> that and and uh, mother. Those are like my two favorite movies. The Darren Aronofsky. Yes. Mother. You don't like that movie? I gotta I bring. Awesome. I gotta bring you on to talk about that. At that <laughs> some point, because that movie dates shit, and that's. Oof. But um, I love that movie. yeah. So they all end up. They go to this mansion in the middle of the night. The classic trope. They go to the mansion. The butler, uh, Wardsworth, who's Tim Curry, who <laughs> steals every line that he delivers. Um, they're all just chilling out, wondering what's going on. Leaving from the fear, walks in looking like a like a mafioso from 1947, and they find out that they're all being black. Blackmailed. They've all been blackmailed, and that they're all being blackmailed by Mr. Body, who is leaving. And he was, by the way, I found out, I read something. I'm not sure how true this is, okay. but I read something where he was only cast because his name was leaving. Oh, that's <laughs> And he was leaving the movie. <laughs> wow. Wow. You, like, you should just call this Liam Ruins Movies for uh... <laughs> I was like... This should be it's, it's like Adam ruins everything. Yeah, just Adam just, Liam like, ruins just, movies. Yeah, you ruined my favorite movie, man. I remember watching this. Like that's how they casted him. Like you kidding me? Well, that's just speculation because it did sound absolutely outrageous and stupid when I read it, and I was like, they kidding? They just hired Tim Curry because he was hungry. Like, <laughs> like are you kidding me? Like, they hired Martin Mall because Mall was a funny name. <laughs> yeah, right. We weren't sure if he was a funny actor, but Martin Mall is a funny name, yeah. so we casted him for it's this. Like, I, film. I love alliteration. You know, like you know, cast. I, I've seen enough. You didn't even see him yet. Just hire him. I don't care. Yeah, cast the principal from Sabrina the Teenage Rich. Why not? Uh, but um, jeez. Yeah, no. So they that's sort of like the first act where Lee Vang goes, Nah, you should murder the 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 butler, and then everything will be solved. And then they turn off the lights, turn it back on. He's dead. Oh no, he really isn't dead. Uh, spoiler, but he's dead. Ooh, it sort of like goes from there. Just everything increases where they're like, Where's what's going on? Oh shit, is the champagne poisoned? Where who's the only person that 
that didn't that wasn't in this room. Oh, the cook. Let's go find the cook. We go to the the kitchen. Oh, the cook is dead. Oh no, come back. Oh no, the body's gone. Oh no, we found the body again. He's actually dead this time. Every it just it hypes up more and more and more and more. And how he does it is just so funny. Like how he re explain you know what I mean? Like when he's like, and then he ran down oh, the hall. That, oh, like that when he end, actually the, that ending, that ending monologue. That is the funniest thing. <laughs> Just the way we've been talking for the last like what forty five minutes. Tim Curry does something on that length. For like a solid twenty minutes, where he just he just summarizes the movie all exactly. over. That's what again. I'm, yeah, yeah. He literally <laughs> just tells you, but in such a funny way that you're just like, did I just watch the same movie twice almost? But like, but you're like, wow, we're like, I, I could just watch the second half of the movie over and over. I think it's so funny how well he does it. It's just, yeah, no, I mean, I can't, I can't rave about this movie enough. You know, you just gotta talk about it. I drove an minutes. hour and a half to talk about it. You know what I mean? Just talk like, about it. Just chisel it a little bit. I think that was improvised too, if I'm not mistaken. The way he runs down the hallway like oh i like, mean like I, mean, I think the body i think at least it is i mean he definitely added his own tim curry twist to it there's obviously like a lot of times like you can read like when somebody took advantage of the script and when somebody sort of like yeah. played around with it touched around with it there's not a lot of improvisation back before like the judd apatel days but this is very much like an improvised the like, script was just the instructions to the game like have at it go <laughs> go have fun dude <laughs> They didn't, they didn't know. Imagine going on set. <laughs> just had Tim Curry like a three-page pamphlet. <laughs> Wait, who am I playing? They, they, they hand you an envelope. And you're like, like, what? Like, how am I Mrs. Peacock? Tim Curry's like, you You did Dragon. You uh... did do something. I'll did, tell you that. He did, didn't he, he did Dragon. Uh, yeah, uh, Rocky Horror. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you, you nailed it, Tim. You nailed it. You nailed it. You, you can play Miss Peacock. You can play whoever you want. You should play it every year. <laughs> One of, at least, the best sets I've seen in a while, which is that mansion. That mansion's really tight. Have you ever seen a movie and wanted to rearrange your house more? Like, I want secret passageways, like hidden passageways <laughs> in my house, secret compartments. You know what I mean? Like, Joe, how'd you get in the kitchen? Like, it walks from behind the. Uh... Well, they did it. They did it very much based around the layout of the, the board, board game. Yeah, like, yeah, I heard very that. accurately yeah. to the board to the point where like the secret passages in the board game match up with the secret passages in the movie, which is insane. The they rented out like so much like 18th to 19th century like props and stuff a lot of it some of it from like the teddy roosevelt estate really yeah they rented out some of like the busts and some of like the, even the, the props, props are famous like <laughs> 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 the star-studded cast with like famous with fa- famous <laughs> famous plants famous. <laughs> see that piano in the corner teddy roosevelt played that piano like, what <laughs> That Rococo painting you see in the background, that was owned by Dolly Parton. <laughs> the, the, the director's assistants, people getting coffee are like <laughs> they're B-time like, actors, they're like, they're like B-listers, <laughs> like... For real. Oh, Damn. hey, hey, what's up? Who's who's the caterer this week? Oh, Burt Reynolds. Oh, this, is, <laughs> this is a wild cast, man. Burt Reynolds catering. Burt Reynolds just shows up. Hey, how's it going? You guys, you want some, uh, want some mashed potatoes? You better love it. <laughs> But but yeah, like they just they just rented out the the props from these places. But that that 
God damn. It's so funny, dude. That, that has to be the clip right there. Right? Burt Reynolds, Burt yeah. Reynolds catering. Yeah, yeah that. that and the fucking even the props are famous because that's insane, dude. Oh, that yeah. is the road. You couldn't think like no, we're not no fake props. Oh, not in the, <laughs> yeah, not in the slightest, not in the slightest. But that hallway in particular was actually really, really well known because it was a it was the interior of a local mansion. I have it here, the Max Bush Estate. Even the hallways have credits, dude. Even what is going? Hallways. Hallways. On man, uh, yeah, no. Um, at the majority of the interiors, like the the dining hall, the kitchen, all those stuff, they were done on sound stages over by Paramount Studios in Hollywood. But the hallway, the exterior shots, and the bathroom were all shot in a mansion location in South Pasadena. Just renting out somebody's mansion for their bathroom, like that's <laughs> that's the money I aspire to have, dude. That's some that's some Hollywood big bucks. Yeah, <laughs> it's some Hollywood big buck stuff. <laughs> the owner's like just on his t on his couch watching TV. Like we just need your bathroom, your fifth bathroom. It looks very uh, <laughs> it looks very it looks very rococo. It's very it cluish, you know. <laughs> um, unfortunately, though, are you ready? Are you ready for more? Sad news. More, more of me ruining this movie for you. Is it about Tim Curry? Because I heard he's not doing too hot in real life, unfortunately. Uh, no. Oh, no, 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 okay. no, no. no. Okay. He's yeah, no. October fifth, two thousand five. That mansion burned and it got engulfed in flames. No, they should have burned it down post production. <laughs> so like you can't, you can't, you're not allowing the Clue Mansion, bro. What are you kidding me? You got. Not- you film it and then like it's, it's, it's done with. It's done. You know how they like they put C four in the basement, being like, "All right, we're done filming. Let's you know how, go." Like, like, yeah, right. You know how like Prada or like those like like Louis Vuitton, like after it, like they burn the the purses or whatever, because it's like nobody's allowed. It's only allowed to be a fine. Yeah, they should have burned the Clue Mansion with the cast in it. Like they should not have been allowed to do another movie. That should have been their magnum opus. I don't even think I'm using that term right, but that's <laughs> been Tim Curry. That's why Tim Curry didn't get uh, cast for uh, for the Grinch. I bet they're like, you can't, you can't top Clue. You can't. You can't have it. You're not allowed. You can't top Clue, which that always bugged me. He should have been. He should have been the Grinch, dude. Am I I wrong? Uh, Wasn't that like the thing? He was supposed to be the Grinch because like uh, his smile in Home Alone 2 or Home Alone, whichever one, which hot take. Nobody who listens to this, please don't kill me. Um, (laughs) Home Alone 3 is the best of them. I said it. Lies, I meant lies it. And, lies and slander. Like, get, get, you know what? This podcast is over. <laughs> Home, uh, Home Alone 3. No- Home Alone 3 is the best podcast. Best, Jesus Christ. The best <laughs> movie of the three. <laughs> no, but he, because of his role in Home Alone, where he like does the Grinch smile. Oh, yeah. It was like, this guy's going to play the Grinch. And I'm like, eh, you know what Hollywood needs more of? Jim Carrey. <laughs> so you know? they, just, they just did that. <laughs> Back in 2004, baby. But yeah, no, so... The exteriors and the hallway interiors were done in a mansion, and then all of the other sets were done in sound stages at Paramount Studio, which all of them later were apparently associated with the uh, soap opera Dynasty. Have you ever seen Dynasty from the 70s and the 80s? I'm not a big soap guy, I feel like. <laughs> a big 70s Shit. guy. I'm not, a, I'm not much of a... Hey, man, you yeah. said you like TV. I thought yeah. you would know Dynasty, man. <laughs> The only so the only show I watched from back then um, was Soap. You ever heard of Soap? It was Billy yes. Crystal's like yes. big break. Yeah. Billy Crystal was like nineteen or something on this. Jesus Christ, maybe a little older, but he was so funny. He played like he was like it was like the first gay character on a TV show, I think. And like oh yeah. shit, all right, this was probably like sixties or seventies. Yeah, it's gotta be. Yeah, gotta it be, was yeah. just it's so good. It really is Hell very yeah. well done. Soap? But uh, Soap, yeah, I would check it out. So not Dynasty. Not, not Dynasty. A, not a fan of Dynasty. No, Dynasty can. Go 
go kick rocks, bro. I'm kidding. I'm sure. No, it's, I'm no, sure, no, it's uh, terrible. It's a terrible. Is it really that bad? It's, it's, it's I don't know why I'm apologizing. Like the producer's not long dead by now of Dynasty. <laughs> He's got to be 195. <laughs> like, hey, producer of Dynasty, if you hear this, please book me on your your bar show. <laughs> Yo, please, please put me on, man. Yo, Dynasty. Hey, Dynasty, man. Uh, could you... <laughs> huge fan. Huge can fan I, of can Dynasty. I do, can I do an opener, man? <laughs> I just need to do opening five, and then can you can do, go yeah, just five minutes, you know. Just let me do five, bro. Maybe like a drink tab. Now, I think I, I always get this confused. I get it confused, Dynasty confused with Dallas, because Dallas is like the really well-known one. That's the Who Shot JR show. Do you not? Who Shot, who shot JR? No. That's a no. classic television. Uh, but uh, Dynasty, I, I always get that confused if that was the one where they jumped the shark, where they had like a character die because he was shooting like another television show and then when that television show got canceled he just showed up one day in the shower and they're like what and he's like oh yeah the last like two seasons were just a dream he was alive the whole time oh, <laughs> it's just like okay they just you can get away with show. that back in the day because there were like 12 shows you know you don't like it could, you, you could just... they could they get away with that they're we're, we're bitching about it years later so i guess <laughs> not but like come on we, we you know watch reruns of not dynasty bro you gotta i, I you Make me want to watch Dynasty for that shower scene. You should. Bro. That shit sounds funny, you know. Like, I get, but it, it could also be Dallas too. So I don't. We were know. all in a snow globe. What was that show? Oh, <laughs> say it elsewhere. <laughs> oh man, dude, I wish, I wish this podcast existed in the mind of an autistic kid shaking a fucking snow globe. <laughs> all we need is the snow globe. <laughs> right? We can't do math. We can make references <laughs> like a motherfucker. Hell yeah! Get us on your Trivial Pursuit team. Hey, better oh. yet, you have beer trivia. Hit us oh, up. Gross. Hit us up, man. I'll crush some quizzo, dude. We're gonna crush some goddamn quizzo. I guess we could talk about the end game. Yeah, I feel like that's the most important part. If I not, mean, obviously, but like if not the endings, because And that's the reason it bombed, I believe, right? Not entirely. It I would say it's partly. The big the big thing that came out of this movie was that John Landis, when he was writing it, loved the idea of doing multiple endings. Yeah. And being like, he loved this concept. And so the idea that he had was we were they were going to shoot three different endings. Well, initially, they were going to shoot four different endings. And tell me you've researched and you know this fourth ending. I know this fourth Fuck ending. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I know this. Oh, I'm never we're more gonna, excited. We're going to talk about this fourth ending. Siri, cancel my whole schedule. <laughs> <laughs> so what John Landis just wanted to do was he was going to shoot these these four endings have these multiple endings get produced and then when the movie got released different theaters would get different endings to the movie so there would be ending a ending b and ending c and depending on which reel you have the last like 10 minutes of the movie or the last what like the last actually like would be like the last two or three yeah would be arguable yeah the last two or three minutes of each movie unless you got ending c because that was a little bit longer yeah ending c i would say like like is five minutes minutes, five or six minutes actually yeah no it'd be like yeah it'd be like seven or eight minutes and then like ending a was like five and then ending b was like maybe four or five but yeah no each of those endings and then they would release those cuts out to different theaters and the idea idea would be at least in John Landis's magical mind was that audiences would love Clue so much that they would go and buy three separate tickets at three different theaters to watch the same movie three times to watch all three of the different endings. I mean, my favorite movie ever, maybe, maybe ever honestly. I, yeah. I just think it's so funny. It's just so like on the nose, but 
I don't know if I'd watch. I, yeah, I think it would have backfired for me too. I, I probably would have hated it. I'd be like, I'm not. I have, to, I have to watch the whole movie again. I have to watch the whole 80 minutes to get a new five minutes at the end. It's like, and then you watch. I'm like, I don't remember what the other ending was. Like, what was like, the other ending? Oh, but I, I, I believe, I believe they sent all three reels to all the movie theaters. They just had different run times, is what I heard. And you had to like look in the paper and be like, oh, ending C is at 8:30. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta work. I gotta work at the Bradleys or whatever was a store back then. I have to work at Bradleys. And I guess the idea is really clever and and interesting. But who in their right mind would watch the same movie three times? I don't know what the fuck John Landis was on. Yeah. When yeah. he thought about that, he took all the drugs that the people in rehab were in there when they're in their trailer. Yeah, he was <laughs> making a cocktail he, of. Uh... He took the leftover cocaine stash from John Belushi's like funeral and was like, "All right, listen up, listen up. We're gonna do three different endings. Right? <laughs> like, Whoa, slow down, man. Slow down. We're gonna, do, we're gonna do four different endings. Hold on. <laughs> the the endings they all culminate from the giant monologue speech where Tim Curry's running around the mansion. Like literally, everyone is dead <laughs> everyone except for like the main, main characters because yeah, there's yeah. a bunch of people that just kind of showed up like there's a guy whose car broke down and needed a phone there's a cop that shows up <laughs> that needs to use the phone who ends up being on like miss scarlet's payroll back in dc the guy who needed to use the payphone because his car broke down used to be like colonel mustard's driver i think when he was in the army um the telegram girl who's um uh, what's her name from the Go Go's? You, uh, guitarist from the Go Go's. Yeah. She she used she fell in love with Professor Plum, and that's why Professor Plum, uh, lost his license. Pervert Plum, indeed. Um, like literally everybody except for Mister Green had an accomplice to like deal with. Like even um uh v- Vinta Vinta Venta Who? Vinca. What's the maid? Yvette. Yvette. I yeah. <laughs> You're cl- a lot, uh, lot of maidy names right there. Yeah, you, you nailed it. A lot of, a lot of names with V. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> names with V that are the same. Yeah, Yvette, who was, I think, like the mistress of one of Mrs. White's like ex-lovers. All of them. All of them. Every last, every one of them just died. Oh, and the cook, who was Miss Peacock's old cook. Like, they were all, they, everybody had an accomplice. Everybody had somebody that was blackmailing somebody else. Giant plot, it all culminated in this giant like runaround scheme. The lights go out, and when Tim Curry turns the lights out and turns it back on, that was the cue for the editors to cut in each of the new endings. So like you notice how like when he turned it off and then everybody screamed and then turned it back on, that was like the the, the point mm-hmm. where all the where all the new footage was. Like so each time each of those endings ended at that very much that point. It was like their it was like their, their, cue, their yeah, their cue. Their cue. Yeah. Okay. So the first ending, ending A, uh Miss Scarlet did it all because she wanted well, apparently Yvette and the cop were on her payroll. She wanted to wipe them out. And it was, I don't know exactly why she she did it again, but it was Miss Scarlet was the, the major culprit. And then she gets arrested. Uh, they do a Gone with the Wind reference as the close. What's it? Scarlet, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the last line. She had the gun, right? She had the gun, but it was sort of misty of why she wanted to do I don't remember. I mean, it all linked. It made sense. It was something about her call girls and somebody was 
like her, yeah, her business was in jeopardy. Yeah, and. Mr. Body had in there. So I forget what it was, but like, all I'm going to say is honestly, I- I'm glad uh, now you can just watch all three endings back to back. Because if I if I saw ending A or ending B, I would have been pissed. And yeah, ending, ending because, B was yeah. also too really wild because it was Miss Peacock who did it because of like bureaucratic nonsense. By the way, also, there was a weird motif about communism oh, through the oh, whole thing that, no, that her call girl okay yeah so wait ending a was who mrs, en- mrs. What, White? No, no 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 ending a was miss we're already getting confused <laughs> we're already getting yeah, confused yeah yeah so ending. let's put them out all separately in the theaters genius idea <laughs> thanks john landis yeah you fucking doofus <laughs> no, no, um, you think he put out this movie like wow i really hope uh 35 years from now some assholes don't make fun of me on a podcast <laughs> no i'm gonna i'm gonna get his son hating me on twitter that's what's gonna Max Landis is gonna be like, oh, why are you making fun of my dad? And I'm like, you weren't even in the movie, bitch. You weren't you weren't famous enough. Yo, producer's bro, son. Bro, why did you write American Ultra? Get get out of my face. Is that his son? That was his son. Yeah, yeah. his son. He also Nepotism wrote. Nepotism strikes again. Hell yeah, baby. Ending B. Miss Peacock did it because of some bureaucratic like government conspiracy thing. Uh, she tries to leave. Oh, by the way, in those two, the cops show up and uh, Tim Curry is like an agent for the cops and like a good person. And they're like, way to go, way to go, Wardsworth. You worked out really well for the company. Congratulations, buddy. In ending three, basically everyone is guilty. Yeah, that's, that's so funny. I wish they, I mean. Like in, a, in like a true, like in a true murder mystery and also true in like a murder mystery comedy where like everybody has a secret to hide very much in an Agatha Christie way. So everybody is guilty in some way. Um, it's the best ending. It's, oh yeah, I, I could have done without ending A and B, but I like, you know, when I had first saw it, it was like, here's what could have happened. Here's what could have happened. Here's, Here's what, what actually really yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, oh, fuck yeah. And you like, find out that uh, Wardsworth was actually Mr. Body and that Lee Vang, lead singer of Fear, was not the mastermind of it all. <laughs> the butler was actually the bad guy, which, like, to be fair, you could see a mile away because it is Tim Curry. Because <laughs> it is Tim Curry, and every time, like, he has this way of just be. they're like, hey, so why did you do this? And when he's in a guilty corner, he's like, okay, I need to explain something. And I'm like, all right, I know you're a problem. Like, whenever somebody has to do a monologue to explain their actions, I already know they're the bad guy. <laughs> I already know they're in trouble. So he turns out to be Mr. Body, and he's like, haha, now I'm going to run away. <laughs> Screw you guys. And then they all sort of reveal themselves that they each killed like each like accomplice in this situation and because they all have something to hide you need like a chart for like who killed who it's like it's insane it's like it was also like like some of them it was like all right so colonel mustard killed the guy in the the guy who had his car break down because it was his old his old guy his old driver miss scarlet killed the cop because he was on his her payroll to keep her brothel alive miss peacock killed the cook because yeah her own cook and that was sort of the running thing where like she outed herself because she had like a Cambodian egg which is not a normal delicacy in Washington DC <laughs> Uh, Professor Plum killed the the dancing telegram girl, the, was, the guitarist from the Go Go's. <laughs> I have to keep <laughs> referencing that. And then Miss White murdered Yvette, which is one of the funnier monologue points there. But everybody except for Mr. Green had a, had somebody to hide and somebody to kill, including Mr. Body, who killed his own butler, who was originally Mr. Body but is not actually Mr. <laughs> Body. <laughs> if you're trying to keep uh, keep track at home, folks. 
don't. You just don't. <laughs> you don't need, don't you worry need, about yeah, it. Yeah, just just watch it, and because there's no way he's got me googling Cluecast right now. Because I'm like, who is? Try to figure out who and what and what and where and what and why. Man, dude, John John Landis was a genius making all these endings so convoluted. Oh my! And you, you type in Cluecast, and they're all like, it shows what they look like currently, which is like not what they look like thirty five <laughs> years ago. They all, ago, and I'm they all like, look like they should be in a retirement home. Oh, this this headshot's in black and white. She's dead. Um. Uh, <laughs> oh. They all have something to hide. They all took care of their own accomplices, except for Mr. Green, who didn't have an accomplice. And so Mr. Body, who is Wardworth, who is Tim Curry. And we're forgetting the, the preacher that shows up. God damn it. Who's, who's, who's just like the major cop? Who's like the sergeant, right? But that's what's so funny. Is like during all this mayhem, there's like stuff going on. A preacher co- shows up, and, the, and they're like, Go, they like tell him like fuck off almost like you know yeah. but in a PG way and they're like you guys are gonna go to hell and they said they, they said something like it's hell in here or something like that it's hell in here yeah it's hell right now and he turns out to be the cop he's he turns just, out to be the big like the sergeant yeah, he turns out to yeah. be the commissioner and in the first two endings he's like way to go Wardsworth you're a fantastic guy good on you and then as in the third ending the last ending Wardsworth who is Mr. Body is trying to escape and be like I'm gonna run away now until Mr. Green goes oh yeah hey by the way that scared like gay guy thing that I was doing. Ha psych, I'm an FBI agent. <laughs> Kapow kills Tim Curry. Then all the cops show up and he's just like, all right, look, arrest everybody. And they're like, who killed Tim Curry? And that's when you get the immortal line where he goes, it was I. I killed Mr. Body in the hallway with the revolver. <laughs> the only line that references the game at all. At all. And then he has the best line in the movie, I think. Oh, yes. Right at the end. Where he goes, now I'm going to go home and have sex with my wife. <laughs> Credits. Yeah, so good. It's so good. <laughs> Credits. That and the, my face on fire. Whatever she says where she's just like. Oh, that monologue. Those are the I... two best. And then when Tim Curry runs down the hallway, those are the three best scenes. That, you know, I want them played on a projector. I, I do also theory. really like. I do also really <laughs> like the the line about. Um, yeah, even though Cam- Cambodian eggs are a delicacy, they're not really well known mm-hmm. in DC. <laughs> you know? He does it. Doesn't he do that in part Every A and part C- B and part C? And you're all just of like. Them. That and uh, communism was a red, red herring, herring is a good line, which is also a really good line because double entendre. And it's true because there's a weird motif about communism in the movie where there's like a hammer and sickle. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's actually, if you notice in the attic, there's a there's a Vladimir Lenin bust in the attic as they're going upstairs from the uh, the Roosevelt estate. No. <laughs> yeah, and and when they're and when they're. <laughs> I hope it was from the Roosevelt <laughs> estate. But <laughs> hope, I hope Teddy Roosevelt was like, yeah, this Vladimir guy, he's a really good character. I love him. I'm going to get a phase of him. I just want to I just want to knock him out every time. I'm just going to punch him. <laughs> Eleanor, you know what we need? Is that even the right Roosevelt? I'm such a goof. <laughs> that's not the right. <laughs> that's, not, that's FDR. <laughs> but I can imagine FDR is like, hey, why does my brother have a Vladimir? <laughs> Eleanor, why do we have a Vladimir Lenin? Well, your brother's ashes are in the bust. When I die, I want my ashes to be sprinkled across the set of Clue. <laughs> and then burn that place to the ground. Oh, that burn. <laughs> so my, my ashes will burn twice. <laughs> then I can come back as a phoenix. But yeah, so... Um, that fourth ending. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. I am. I don't know if I'm ready for this, guys. I really. <laughs> Your body will never be ready. Is this. Is this. 
in your opinion, with, before you get into it, is it better than um, AB? From, from all I've learned from the notes and the backstage scuttlebutt, it was worth getting off the cutting room floor. I'm not going to lie. Okay. They shot the ending. They had it in the final script. But then Jonathan Lynn was like, you know... I just, no. Like, I have a quote here. He said uh, he removed it because, as he stated later, it really wasn't very good. I looked at it, and I thought, no, no, no. We got to get rid of that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's the exact line. There was conflicts because, like, Landis wrote it, and then Lynn believed that it was way too dark. It's dark? It's really dark. (laughs) (laughs) Like, dude, we can't get this to a PG-13 movie. We got to. So the fourth ending. Oh, my God. Drum roll. Instead, it Wordsworth is the bad guy in the fourth ending. The butler, right? The butler, For, yeah, yeah, Tim Curry, Tim Curry. But instead of it being like, oh, I'm Mr. Body all along, haha, ruse, he basically was just insane. <laughs> <laughs> He, he basically, Wordsworth commits all the murders motivated by the desire for perfection because he wasn't a good butler and he wasn't a good husband. So he wanted to be a perfect murderer. And as such, he got rid of all of Mr. Body's accomplices, killed Mr. Body. Then all the champagne that all the guests were drinking were all poisoned. So now all of them were going to die from the poison that was in all the champagne. And at the point where he was about to escape and run off, the cops pick him up and arrest him. He escapes the cops, ends up in a car driving away. But in the back seat of the car were the three Dobermans from that escape when, like, Lee Vang was about to leave and the Rottweilers showed up. The three Rottweilers were in the back, and they basically maul him to death. Wow, okay. That was the final end. <laughs> you know, I got to be honest. I think if I had to rank them, I, I would go with the, the, the ending C is definitely the best. Right? You know, <laughs> then, I, you know, I got to put that one up there as number two, man. That's got to be... It's gotta be number two for me. <laughs> just, 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 hits. just, just Wordsworth was a nutcase, yeah, and he gets murdered yeah. by I mean, Rottweiler. <laughs> that's that's gotta be the. Oh, is it like? Can I find that that footage anywhere? I'm not entirely sure, but it was in the novelization. the The novel that was released at the same time as the movie uh, basically kept in that whole fourth ending, and they, I think, treated it as the real ending too. So that's even more more. Morbid. But yeah, so what, the f- <laughs> what an ending, right? Like Dude, you that's... get some you get some ha ha jokey reveals and then just the last one, which is, oh yeah, he's criminally insane and committed capital offense murder. But are, yeah. Are there any movies like that? Where it just ends like a comedy that ends super bleak? Yeah. I mean I'm sure there are, but like what like I'm trying to think. Uh, like that. Fuck off the top of my head, I can't think of any. There's gotta be like the first one that came to my mind was This Is the End, but that didn't really end that bleak. Is that that was the end that, of the world movie with like Seth yeah, Rogen? Yeah, with Seth Rogen okay, and stuff. Okay. That was the first thing that came to my mind and I'm like, eh, it's not that bleak. Like it's pretty alright. Like, yeah, yeah, Jeff Fra- James Franco gets sent to hell. <laughs> but like, you know, it's whatever. I can't believe there's a fourth ending, man. Yeah. Mind blown, I guess. The whole car ride home is gonna be silent, dude. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta find that footage somewhere, dude. Right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit up the the sun. Be like, you wanna be in one of my movies? No, I don't wanna be in your stupid <laughs> movies, bro. I want. No, you want just. We just need to recreate that fourth ending. That's all we need. You just need to recreate it. You're just gonna go mad making it. <laughs> better, better than anything the sun's ever done. Right? So December thirteenth, nineteen eighty five, was the date that Clue was released internationally. It opened at number six. What? 
I didn't even know six movies were out that year, dude. That's, that's <laughs> number, do you have the top five at the time? I got the top five. Dude, this guy is prepared. I, this guy prepared more for the Clue podcast than I've done anything in my life. My mom wrote my college admission letter, dude. Like, are you kidding me? This guy is on the ball, man. This is this is it's what happens when you're unemployed. This ever. is you hey. a lot of free time on your hands. Uh, you should play WoW. No, I'm kidding. God, no, no. <laughs> I already had that during high school. I don't want to go back. Uh, but yeah, no. You ready for the top five? You're gonna do them in opposite order, right? I, yeah. Yes. So no, number five, we got Santa Claus the movie. Is that with Tim Allen? That was not the Tim Allen one. <laughs> I had to look that up. It was, was not the say, Tim no Allen. Way. Wait a minute. <laughs> and there was another Santa Claus movie. Over Clue? Over Clue. It, well, it's December. It yeah. is Christmas time. Yeah. Okay. So okay. it makes sense. Um, but Santa Claus the movie, number five, it looked it looked terrible. I'm not going to lie. It looked awful. But Any, um, any notable people in the cast? No, not Tim Allen. That's not for sure. Tim Allen. Not Tim. A- like a lot of like TV guys. Like a lot okay. of TV. A lot of like old people. Was it funny? It was no. Or it was like it was like a kids movie. It was like okay. genuinely like one of those like oh Santa Claus has to fight being sad. It's like it's <laughs> so dumb. So dumb. Number four, we have White Knight, which is like this weird Russian espionage comedy action drama film with Gregory Hines like weird thing very much 1980s very 1980s uh spies like us number three I feel like you're trolling right now (laughs) (laughs) do you not know anything you're just like no you you could be like making them up but you just you know like Siri spies like spies like us (laughs) yeah yeah, you're just like what's what is Santa Claus the movie Santa Claus spy from 1985 what is this abomination white knight Santa Claus spy like that sounds real (laughs) Santa Santa Claus spy Santa Claus spies on white knights while while Clue finishes sixth nah but uh spies like us Chevy Chase Dan Aykroyd okay uh, comedy vehicle I I think that's a big cast I'm surprised that's not number one if I'm not mistaken I might be wrong but that might might be the one where you get that bit where they're like doctor, doctor, surgeon, surgeon, doctor, doctor, surgeon. Uh, okay. Like they, yeah, yeah, they yeah, repeat yeah, yeah. the whole thing and they're just when, when, like, that's spies like us. Spies like us, yeah. Now these next two, am I gonna know them? Like you're gonna know one of them. Number one, you're gonna be like, and you're gonna understand why that one like dominates. Okay. You're gonna be uh, like, number two, I know of it because I saw this. This is the sequel to the original that I saw, and this was uh, in my dad's old VHS collection. Okay. And it's not that great. But it's uh, in the cupboard too. The Jewel the of the Nile. Now, what's the regular? What's the, the? It's the sequel to Romancing the Stone. Wow, that that's sounds... uh, Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner. Just like it's basically like if Indiana Jones was a love story. If Indiana Jones, Indiana was... Jones is a love story. Okay, can we? <laughs> like if Indiana, it's basically like if Indiana Jones spent less time on the Indiana Jones part and more about like Indiana and Marion's relationship. That's basically what those movies were. <laughs> More Jones, less indie. That's more, yeah, that's more, more Jones, less indie. Yeah. And then number one. Okay, wait a minute. Give me it. It's gotta be like. I'll give. I'll give you a hint. It's gotta be like. A it huge. is a sequel. Sylvester Stallone. Oh, Rocky two, Rocky three, Rocky forty seven. How many are there? <laughs> it's, uh, it's him and Ivan Drago, baby. Uh, Rocky, Rocky four. four. <laughs> I and, must in eighty five. Eighty five, man. What year did Rocky come out? Uh, the first Rocky, I think, was like 78, 
77? They just pumped out movies, huh? Holy shit. Yeah. Well, Rocky like, 4? And then, and then Rocky 3, I think, was like 83. You I know, I got, I got to be honest. I've never seen any of the Rocky films. <sighs> so I've definitely never seen Rocky 4. But I'm going to go out on a ledge and say Clue's probably better. And I... <laughs> Are there- on a on a quality <laughs> scale, Clue is way better. <laughs> that being said, if you wanted just like a good bro movie, you want your boys to come over, have a drink, and just laugh your ass off yeah. on like a terrible movie, Rocky Four is like top tier. Yeah. That's like top tier because you got you got the Russian story arc, you got Rocky losing his best friend. You got a like. There's a there's a robot butler in the movie. What? There's a robe. Yeah, there's like a robot butler that's like one of the villains God. from like Chopping Mall is basically serving like Rocky's cousin drinks, and it's oh uh, yo, it's, 1985. You guys fucked up and picked the wrong butler movie, bro. <laughs> picked the I, wrong one. Yeah. <sighs> But yeah, so Rocky, Tim Curry wasn't available because he's too busy filming a better movie. Okay, yeah. Rocky Four, man, dude, people hated the Russians. I don't know. Yeah, what, it's it's Rocky versus the Russians. You know, it'd be really cool if Rocky Four had three alternate endings. <laughs> an ending where he wins there's an ending where he loses <laughs> and then there's an ending when they draw <laughs> an ending for which is too dark which had a dramatic makeout scene between <laughs> rocky becomes a russian asset and decides to join forces with ivan drago to take over the olympics but you, you gotta go to four different movie theaters to see it, dude. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Yo, hey man, yo, shout out to John Landis for terrible movie ideas. Dude, it's like so perfect, and then they did that, man. Like that's like having Remember when you can like smoke on airplanes? Like that's that ending. Like that's that you have this perfect thing and you're gonna smoke on it? Like Come on now. You can get to California from New York in six hours and you're gonna well, let's have a cigarette in the air. Fucking psycho. It's like, let's have three endings on this masterpiece gem of a movie. Ugh. God For real. Damn, man. Like that's ugh. So one of the reasons this movie might have failed was because of the fact that their marketing campaign was so ridiculous. Just having like f- like three, the, the whole theater, th- it's dumb. It's, it, I can see, I mean, that's one of those things where it's either going to be awesome and people are like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Or it's going to blow up in your face. Oh, and- of course. Unfortunately, there's another reason why maybe this movie might have failed. Wait, really? Yep. And I'm going to be quite frank. I think the 1980s was not ready for a movie like Clue um, because the reviews are really bad. No. <laughs> what were they watching? The am I wrong? Am I the, the, am I the crazy person here? I, dude, I. The reviews for this movie were. I got I got a few quotes. Dude, like I'm telling you, gun to my head. Like, you, you can watch one movie before you put a bullet in your brain. I'm going Clue, so fuck I'm, these people. I'm telling, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you right now. Like, I was reading these reviews, and I was, t- I was saying, like, what movie were they watching? Okay, I don't I, even I, think I, they're <laughs> watching the same film. What are they? Wa- like, I'm very, I'm very anti-critic on this critical analysis podcast of cinema. I'm very anti-critics yeah. because a lot of them did not know what the fuck they were talking about. Case in point, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert both gave this movie two out of four stars. So they gave it like a eh out of four. 
What? They said it was like, okay. Gene Siskel specifically said, Clue offers a few big laughs early on, followed by a lot of characters running around on a treadmill to nowhere. Clue is a movie that needs three different middles rather than three different endings. That hurt me on a personal level like that. <laughs> it's a pretty it's a pretty rough statement. I'm not going to lie. It's a pretty rough statement. Roger Ebert himself, he complimented the promising cast because, again, this is like a heavy hitter cast. But then he went on to criticize the film's screenplay, saying, The screenplay is so very, very thin that the actors spend most of their time looking frustrated, as if they'd just been cut right off before they were about to say something interesting. That's like the whole spark of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, they, they, they just keep one-upping each other. Do you, do you want uh. the worst take of all? Are you ready for this? Um, I... I've been hearing bad takes all week. On at the movies with Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert, they both said that they would they loved ending A and they hated ending C. What? <laughs> what? The canon ending they hated. The one ending that is basically stereotypically Agatha Christie esque. I mean, you the best. I, I the only thing that made Clue better was if they didn't even have A and B. They just went right to see. It just went to see. But I, yeah. I do like the, the what could have happened. You know, it's, it's, it's funny because it's, it's, it's so unexpected. You're like, like that's because you first see A and you're almost like let down in a way. You're like, yeah. which I would have been pissed if I was in an A movie theater, bro. I'd be like, <laughs> oh, watch this on, gem really? of a movie. This is fucking, this is it? This what? is it? This is the peak? Really? But then B comes along and you're like, oh, fuck yeah. Okay, something's going on. You're like, this. I, I really thought they were going to have, which I think they should have, but it, but it would have been a nine hour movie if they had an ending for every character, how they were all guilty you know what i mean like it's not a mini series show they can't have the time to do that ending f here's how the butler here's how here's how here's the, how the cop you're like here's what? How the, here's how the son of the cop came back to hunt down professor plum and miss scarlet <laughs> Oh, God. But, yeah, no. So they just ripped into this. Critics, they it wasn't like they said that it was terrible. They more or less said, like, yeah, the actors did really well, but the script, there was nothing there. And a lot of them, I feel, were, like, really, really pissed off with the gimmick. They were really upset with, like, I have to watch this movie three times. And that's another thing, too. Oh, uh, they didn't they didn't get, like, a press pass? Or like, if yeah. I had to watch this movie three times, and if my job was to, like, analyze film, within the first viewing, I'll be like, okay, I'll write down how I feel. I'm going to do, like, a little bit of notes. It's fine. Watching it the second time, you write a little bit more notes. You see a little bit more of the flaws. You analyze a little bit more. By the third time you have to watch it... <laughs> Like, you have a dissertation of just what is wrong with cinema on your page. <laughs> just, like, what is going... Like, you're just frustrated. Nitpicking everything, like... God damn it, I could have seen Santa Claus the movie. Why am I here? Wait, <laughs> tickets to see White Knight, I can find... Come on, now. The next week... It dropped to twelfth place. Oh, it didn't even. It, it didn't even. Six go was its up. peak. Six was its peak. No way. And then dude. it dropped. I'm gonna pull up uh, the box office mojo for it because it basically new names came in and kicked it off, and it kind of just stayed in that position for like the rest of its 
Quarden. 12, 11 young Sherlock Holmes, 10, a chorus line, 9, enemy mine, 8, the color purple, 7, 101 Dalmatians, a re-release of the Disney animated film, and then uh, number 4, out of Africa, those are the new debuts that came in and knocked it all the way down to 12th place. The theaters even have 12 theater, like like 12 showrooms? Go straight to VHS after one week? What happened? <laughs> 12? There's, a, there's no... Remember back in the day, I was like, oh, it's a multiplex. There's, yeah. eight, there's eight theaters in here, and you're like, this is crazy. Oh, and upstairs, and they have like a bunch of showings yeah, for But stuff. it's just like Santa Claus on two theaters. <laughs> and like different times. There's no way Clue was only in theaters for a week then, basically, right? Twelve. It, no, plays? it was in. It was in until I want to say like January, like mid to late January. It came out mid mid December. That's yep. a month. what? Yep. And then and then I it bet was... it some theaters, probably like Indiana, it was just like killing, dude. You know, <laughs> <laughs> not these not these big city moviegoers. Huh? I mean, to, I mean to be fair, if it was in Indiana, if it was between Clue and Rocky Four, I'd probably see Rocky Four again i'm not gonna lie you like rocky four over clue dude hey don't make me choose don't make me choose i think what's your favorite movie ever if you can only watch one movie it fluctuates but if you gun if i had to yeah one one if i had to do one movie i could watch for the oh the warriors really the warriors all time nothing on clue dude bro shut the fuck up (laughs) get out of my house But um, it grossed $14.6 million off a $15 million budget. So, all right. So They're in the red, yeah. It, it, big, big in the red. Basically, they almost made the budget of the film back. But if we were counting marketing and whatnot, they lost a lot. They needed to make $30 million, basically. They had to print the film three different times. It's going to be costly. <laughs> Wait, Imagine if the movie costs like eight million, and then John Landis being like, "No, nah, we got to do three <laughs> and market everything." Is why it went to fifteen million. So you want three different? No, just the endings. Three different endings. Just three different endings. Just a totally oh, like different. like back to back. No different <laughs> different theaters, <laughs> different, different cuts. Mail them to different places. <laughs> the other th- oh my god, this is now I'm just realizing. Imagine if you're in Indiana and you have like one movie theater, and that is the only you get like ending B. And that is the only reel you got. And then people in Indiana are like, oh, I saw that. Like, Miss Peacock's the bad guy. <laughs> terrible. Yeah. And they're arguing, no, yeah. was it wasn't. It was- <laughs> yeah, and then somebody from Wisconsin's like, well, actually, like, the, the uh, did you see the ending? Like, Mr. Green was an FBI agent. What are you He's talking, talking about? about? You fucking druggies up in Wisconsin. Yeah, weirdos. <laughs> Put your drugs down. <laughs> driving, driving fucking 45 minutes. Like, what's worse, driving an hour and a half to talk about <laughs> A 35-year-old movie <laughs> or driving an hour and a half to, to watch a different ending. You know what I mean? There's no theater close. You're just like, you're really, uh, you know. Just I'm, stuck in this pain. Just Jones and like, I saw a, I saw B, man. I really I want to know how C goes. Like, <laughs> just really want to know how C goes, man. Come on. Or imagine seeing C first and then you're like, you go to a movie and you see A and you're like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> You're like, that sucks, man. Apparently, they're supposed to be doing a remake of this. Really? Yeah. Or at least, like, Ugh. they're trying to take the property of Clue and make a new version of it. Are there any other? Oh, Jumanji, right? Are there any other yeah, board J- Jumanji, board? which is, like, I heard the new ones are pretty fun. Outside of that, like, I mean, 
this is the same group of people that tried to make a movie about the game of life. Wait, what? They tried to make, I think this has been in like pre-production hell for decades. They've been trying to make a movie about the what, game of life. What other board game? There's no Monopoly movie, There's right? There's no Monopoly I hope not. movie. Shoots and Ladders, <laughs> the animated movie. <laughs> <laughs> 1313 Dead End Drive. That would be a good movie. No, they wanted to do one. I think Gore Verbinski, the guy behind the, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, he's okay. set to produce it. And then and it's been sort of fluctuating in like pre-production limbo for a minute. But even then, like I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Like, like Knives Out is already like the new clue. I haven't. Is that good? That's really I, good. I seen it. It's a really I, good I movie. You should that. check it out. Knives Out's fucking. That's new, right? It's with, yep. With Harry Potter. Right? Uh, not Harry. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe is in it. No. No. Did, no? Oh, uh, Knives Out Two, I think probably. Oh, is this there's a sequel? There's a sequel, yeah. But the first the first one had um uh Daniel Craig. Oh, same thing. What? Not all British people are the Daniel same. And- <laughs> <laughs> Not all British people are the same, Joe. All right, so uh, I'm sorry I ruined Clue for you, Joe. <laughs> you didn't ruin it. I'm just never gonna watch it again. I'm gonna go burn my Tim Curry shrine and. Uh- <laughs> It's over. It's over. You know, I'm just, I'm so disappointed. Can we at least, can we at least agree that no matter what, Tim Curry will forever be the goat? Dude, that was, you know, I, I had never seen anything else. I, I've never seen Rocky Horror. I don't like watching movies where, like, once I see you in something, that's your role for life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, like to me, I don't want to see. I wish they would just hire. Like, I like watching shows that are like foreign to me because it's like I don't know who this actor is. He could, he could have picked this guy. I could walk into Starbucks and see this guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's, that's what I like. I don't want to like see Bruce Willis and the 400th movies in you know what i mean it takes me oh, out of yeah. it a little bit you know oh, so yeah. that's why uh i don't know tim curry for will forever be although i, I did see him as the uh but it's a small role you know oh as pennywise what up oh. georgie he i, Hello, forgot, georgie, I forgot about that <laughs> everything floats down here georgie he's in the original he's the original he's it, the right original, you yeah. know what dude my friend ruined that movie for me and me and my friends always bitch about that okay because yeah. we got i got it one day Yep. I bought the DVD and all my friends came over. We put it in my like PlayStation 2 or whatever and we're so fucking excited to watch it, dude. But my dumbass friend, he takes out the case and he flips the CD over and puts it down. So we only saw the <laughs> second half of it. <laughs> so like only when they were adults and they're like they just kept referencing when they were kids. And I'm like, I guess you just gotta kind of figure it out as you go along. I think dude. That's all it is. And man. I'm like, it's I'm like I'm like, what the fuck? And then it's over, and I'm like, that wasn't three hours. I'm looking at the clock, and then <laughs> my friend realizes what he did. He's like, oh, I got to go home, guys. And I'm like, yeah, you got to go home. We're never allowed here again, bro. Like, he is? Come on. No, you, you just saw John Ritter just be like, I'm an architect. Look at Literally, me. Yeah, I didn't know there was I a- used to be a husky Jerry's. Uh, what's his face? Uh, the kid, the guy from, um, you missed out on, you missed out on young Seth Green. Really? Yeah. He was, he was, uh, Richie in the, uh, in the original. Wow. I didn't know The that. kid with the glasses. Like, yeah, I'm Richie. <laughs> what's up? I'm a nerd. And then grows up to be, uh, what's his face from Night Court. <laughs> the, like the hackiest of hack comedians. I tried, I saw his stand up. Oh my Seth God. Seth Green? Not Seth Green. The older guy. From uh, the Richie in that, I'm gonna pull up his name. God he just he just stand up. He did stand up. He was a big stand up in um like the the 80s. Funny enough, with the new the, when they redid it, I've only seen the first half of that. So I feel like I you know. <laughs> I've got it down. Harry Anderson. There we Harry go. Harry Anderson. Harry Anderson. He played adult Richie. He was like a he's like a hack comedian a from the eighties. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he would come on stage dressed up like a private eye. It's weird. Is weird, and then he was on Night Court. Night, I don't. 
which is like an 80s like sitcom thing. A bunch of people were on it. Nah, whatever. Yeah, the 80s. The only good thing from the 80s was Clue, you know? Uh, the only good <laughs> thing from the 80s was cocaine. Take Clue. And, and Rocky Four. And Rocky... <laughs> In Rocky IV. That's our top three of the 80s. Clue, cocaine, and Rocky IV. <laughs> I was Credits time. This episode of Bombed is produced, edited, and released by yours truly, Liam Wolf. That awesome intro track that you hear every single week is done by my good friend Jacob O'Brien. You can follow him at Vaulted Tadpole over on Twitch and YouTube for more music and video game live streams if you're into that. Joe McAndrew has done that awesome podcast art that you see each week. You can follow him at Joe MC Art or Joe MC Shut Up on Instagram. And of course, I'd like to thank all of you for sitting down and listening to this, whether it's on Anchor, Apple Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever podcasts are held hostage. Thank you, and please, send a like, share it to your friends, send us a review, even comment underneath if you want to say that we're idiots that don't know what we're talking about, or that I'm an idiot that doesn't know what I'm talking about. Any criticism helps produce and build this podcast beyond the mild constraints that we're at right now, so thank you for your honest-to-God support. Alright, I'd like to send a very special thank you to my guest this week, Joe Palazzotti. You can follow him at Joe Palazzotti on Instagram. He's a funny stand-up comic, one of my good friends in the scene, really sweet guy. I'm going to leave his IG in the description. Give him a follow. Awesome dude. All right, I didn't plan this out the way that it is, but seeing how next week is election week on an off year, we got to have some politics. Of course we got to talk some politics. And I'm going to be talking politics with none other than Seth the Wrist Michaels. We're going to be sitting down and talking about his favorite film, the 1998 Warren Beatty comedy, Bullworth. We're going to be discussing hip-hop. We're going to be talking about Halle Berry. We're going to talk about Warren Beatty rapping a little bit too much. Uh, We're going to talk about the hip-hop album that followed. Ghetto Superstar, probably the biggest thing from that movie. It's going to be a blast. So, yeah, maybe you can't elect a political official this year. But, hey, you can sit with two idiots and hear us talk about politics for about two and a half hours. Come on through. Until then, sayonara.